Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, hello everyone. It's so great to be back with you. I have missed this. I think I took longer than one more week than what I thought I was going to be taking, but I'm so glad to be back. Um, There's been a lot of hard work moving. I still think I'm sore after all that moving, but I'm back and I'm so glad like I said before, but you know what? I've got a great topic that we're going to talk about today. And it was just happenstance that I found this one. I was looking for something else to talk about today. And I came across this message. And what it says and what we're going to be talking about today is nine most common healing obstacles. So things that get in our way to help us to heal. So I'm hoping that you're interested in this episode today. I certainly am. And let's go ahead and get started. So here's the nine most common healing obstacles that can get in your way. Is your healing journey at a standstill? If so, you're not alone. Setbacks can be frustrating, but with the right tools, they can offer an opportunity for even deeper growth and healing. So here's number one, letting fear into your gyrosy. Without our awareness and action, The body is programmed to slip into survival mode much more often than necessary. Start to notice small warning signs in your body that your danger system has taken over. Like sudden muscle tensions or an elevated heart rate, when you realize that it's happening, take a deep breath and remind your brain that there is no real danger in the present moment. Here's number two. Assuming you are stuck with your body's existing pattern of pain. The experience of pain can alter the nervous system to the hypersensitive in a way that feels permanent, but it's not. If you can catch yourself spiraling into thoughts about a bleak, painful future, try shifting your brain's focus with interruption. Shake your body and continually start thinking about another way area of your life so that your brain doesn't get caught in the downward spiral. Number three, trying to be the best at healing. Perfectionist much? If you find yourself binging curable exercises, never cutting yourself any slack, and feeling pressure to heal overnight, you may need to give yourself a break. Healing is not a competition. And treating it like one can lead to setbacks and feeling inadequacy. 
Number four, accepting your inner critic's words as facts. Let's face it, the inner critic can be harsh, but its words can only hurt you if you believe them to be true. Never mind your inner critic speaks up. Look for words like always and never that tend to be aggregations. See if you can fact check your inner critic and rephrase the topic or thoughts. Number five, not putting yourself on the list of people to take care of. Are you the one who's always digging friends and family members out of a tough situation? Do you put healing time last only to be completed once everyone else's needs are met? Try scheduling yourself a calendar appointment for healing time in advance and working hard to protect that time for yourself. Number six, failing to examine your past because you had it better than most or you've already done enough work there. I think this is my big one right here that I have issues with. Until you've examined your past through the lens of your nervous system, you may not have done the work required to heal. Even in situations where you grew up in a loving family and everyone was doing their best, it's still important to understand the impact of your environment and relationships had on forming your personal pain patterns. Number seven, unconsciously hanging onto the sunny side of pain. For better or worse, chronic pain seeps into your identity as time goes by. Change is challenging, even when it is positive. By acknowledging the unexpected perks of chronic pain, it can be easier to leave them behind once and for all. Number eight, focusing on all work and no play. Think you can heal just by doing the hard work? Think again. This process is not just eliminating old painful pathways in the nervous system. It's also about building new, more positive pathways. Joy, play, and gratitude are not just fun. They're essential to your recovery. Number nine, not craving a plan for the future. Healing is a process. You can... You can't just assume that once your systems disappear, that they are gone forever. Plan ahead. Incorporate healing into your daily lifestyle and set yourself up for lifetime success. So, are any of these obstacles blocking your path? If so, a curable group might be the right thing for you to look into. So now I want to talk about two specific areas that can have a big strong effect on your pain and it's how to overcome fear and anxiety fear can create strong signals of response when we're in in emergencies for instance if we're caught in a fire or being attacked it can also take effect when you're faced with non-dangerous events like exams public speaking a new job a date or even a party it's a natural response to to a threat that can be either perceived or real. Anxiety is a word we use for some types of fear that are usually to do with the thought of a threat or something going wrong in the future rather than right now. And for myself, that's one of the areas that I have issues with in my own self, in my brain, is anxiety and the fear 
of uh, something happening or something's going to go wrong in the future if I don't do this or do that. Fear and anxiety can last for a short time and then pass, but they can also last much longer and you can get stuck with them. In some cases, they can take over your body, affecting your ability to eat, sleep, concentrate, travel, enjoy life, or even leave the house or go to work or school. This can hold you back from doing things you want or need to do, and it also can affect your health. Some people become overwhelmed by fear and want to avoid situations that might make them frightened or anxious. It can be hard to break this cycle, but there's a lot of ways to do it. You can learn to feel less fearful and to cope with fear so that it doesn't stop you from living. So what makes you afraid? Lots of things make us feel afraid. Being afraid of some things like fires can keep you safe. Fear, fearing failure, fearing failure can make you try to do well so that you won't fail. But it can also stop you doing well if the feeling is too strong. What, what you're afraid of and how you act when you're afraid of something can vary per person. Just knowing what makes you afraid and why can be the first step to sorting out problems you fear. So let's talk about what makes you anxious. So let's talk about what, what do fear and anxiety feel like. So when you feel frightened or seriously anxious, your mind and body work very quickly. And here's some things that might happen. Your heart beats very fast. Maybe it feels irregular. You breathe very fast. Your muscles feel weak. You sweat a lot. Your stomach churns or your bowels feel loose. You find it hard to concentrate on anything else. You feel dizzy. You feel frozen to the spot. You can't feel. You can't eat. You have hot and cold sweats. You get a dry mouth. You get very tense muscles. So these things occur because your body, sensing fear, is preparing you for an emergency. So it makes your blood flow to the muscles, increases blood sugar, and gives you the mental ability to focus on that thing that your body perceives as a threat. With anxiety in the longer term, you may feel or have some of the above symptoms as well as more nagging sense of fear. And you may get irritable, have trouble sleeping, develop headaches, or have trouble getting on with work or planning for the future. So why do I feel like this when I'm not really in any danger? Early humans needed the fast, powerful responses that fear causes, as they were often in situations of physical danger. However, we no longer face the same threats in modern day living. Despite this, our minds and bodies still work in the same way as our early ancestors. And we have found the same reactions to our modern worries about bills, travel, and some social situations. The physical feelings of fear can be scary in themselves, especially if you're experiencing and you don't know why, or if they seem out of proportion to the situation. So why won't my fear go away and leave me feeling normal again? Fear may be one-off feeling when you are faced with something unfamiliar, but it also can be an everyday, long-lasting problem, even if you can't put a finger on why. 
Some people feel a constant sense of anxiety all the time without any particular trigger. There are plenty of triggers for fear in everyday life, and you can't always work out ex exactly what you're frightened or how likely you are to be harmed. Even if you can see how out of proportion the fear is, the emotional part of your brain keeps sending danger signals to your body. Sometimes you need mental and physical ways of tackling fear. So what is a panic attack? A panic attack is when you feel overwhelmed by the physical and mental feelings of fear. What is a phobia? A phobia is an extreme fear of a particular animal, thing, place, or situation. People with phobias have an overwhelmingly need to avoid any contact with a specific cause of the anxiety or fear. The thought of coming into contact with the cause of the phobia makes you anxious and panicky. So how do I know if I, if I need help? Fear and anxiety can affect all of us every now and then. It is only when it is severe and long-lasting that doctors class it as a mental health issue. If you feel anxious all the time for several weeks, or if it feels like your fears are taking over your life, then it's a good idea to ask your doctor and get some help. And the same is true if a phobia is causing problems in your daily life or if you're experiencing panic attacks. So how, how can I help myself? If you always avoid situations that scare you, you might stop doing things you want to do or need to do. You won't be able to test out whether the situation is always as bad as you expect. So you miss the chance to work out how to manage your fears and reduce your anxiety. Anxiety problems tend to increase if you get into this pattern. Exposing yourself to your fears can be an effective way of overcoming this situation and anxiety. Try to know yourself. Try to learn more about your fear and anxiety. Keep an anxiety diary close by or a thought record to note down when it happens and what happens. You can try setting yourself small, achievable goals for facing your fears. You could carry with you a list of things that help at times when you are likely to be and to become frightened or anxious. This can be an effective way of addressing the underlying beliefs that are on or behind your anxiety. Some things that might help for you to overcome your anxiety is try to exercise, try to relax, try eating healthy foods, avoid alcohol or drink in moderation, complementary therapies, and faith in spiritual. And I, you know, I'm going to say that's the one that helps me the most with coping with the issues that I have. So here's some ways that you can get help through different techniques. You can get uh, help through talking therapies. These therapies are very effective for people with anxiety issues. In some cases, medication might work. Drug treatments are used to provide short-term help rather than looking at the root of an anxiety problems. Sometimes those drugs might cause um, anxiety themselves, so you know you need to really talk to your doctor. And finally, support groups. You can learn a lot about managing anxiety from asking other people who have experienced it. Local support groups or self-help groups 
bring together people with similar experiences so that they can hear each other's stories, share tips, and encourage each other to try out new ways to manage themselves. So there's different places you can go to to get support. There's different foundations that you can check into. And I'll make sure that I put these in my Facebook page to let you guys all know. And I'll make sure that I post this page here that I'm uh, getting all this information from. Well, it looks like our time is starting to uh, come down to a line here. But this one website where I got a lot of this information from has other um, topics, I guess you could say, that you could um, look up also. The thing I did was I copied and pasted what was said in regards to each topic. And that's how I found a lot of this information also for you. So I hope this information helps. And I think it will because there's a lot of uh, things that can be taken away from this uh, episode today. And I really hope it helps you in some way. But remember to always consult your doctor if you're going to plan on making any changes to your regimen. Or even if the way that you changed in life, some things that have changed. So, you know, it's always good to have a therapist, a psychiatrist, and a doctor. And that's who I have. I also have a pain doctor. So that's four doctors that I have. And it's always good to have um, each of those because there's different topics and different things that are going to happen with your body that you're going to want to know about. So again, coming to a close, I want to thank you all for being here today. I want to thank you especially for being with me and hanging on until I could come back and start my episodes again after my big move. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources such as product reviews that I have discussed today can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, Whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.